Thank you for joining us at Praise Chapel Paramount. We hope you enjoy this message from our Sunday sermon series, Branded. We've all been branded by others based on certain attributes about us. Many times we're marked or labeled according to our past self. It's often negative and places us in a box. But ultimately, we're not who people say we are. We are who God says we are. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at Again, we hope you enjoy this message. Praise the Lord. Well, we appreciate your giving this morning. You can be seated. How many are glad you're in the house of God today? We welcome all of you, and we're going to have a great time. And again, we're having this water baptism today. And so uh, it's right here under, under this mat right here, and uh, we're going to baptize some people. In fact, if you're here and you say, well, I, I want to be baptized, but I wasn't prepared, you can get baptized right now. And in just a few moments, we're going to have a class. In fact, those of you that are going to be baptized, I believe there's a class for you here in the cafe. So if you'd like to make your way there, you can if you're not already there. But if you want to be a part of that, uh, you'd be surprised how many people get baptized right on the spot. And uh, we had a few people come in this morning and said, there's a baptism later. Yeah, go ahead. So you're, you're dismissed to go. You can do that. And uh, all right, come on, give these people a hand. There's quite a few of them that are going to be baptized today. And it's really powerful to see that. And we welcome all of you that are here. Uh, perhaps you're here because of someone you know that's going to be baptized today. And so we welcome you. We're glad you're here. Uh, if you're just wondering what's going on, we're just a bunch of people. We love Jesus. Uh, and we're not ashamed to praise him and worship him and give him honor and praise. You'll be surprised. You know, so many people say, well, you guys are too loud. You sing too loud. You do this too loud. But, but next Sunday in the Super Bowl, they'll be on their feet, shouting, clapping, singing with halftime, doing all that. But how come we can't sing and worship Jesus and, and give him the praise? He is the champion. And so we'll find out who's the champion on Sunday as far as the NFL. Hopefully it's not the Patriots. But let's move on. Anyway, we'll move on and uh, have a great time this morning. Uh, we, do, we do welcome, again, everyone. Uh, we are in this series. This is our last message on this series, Branded. And uh, what we're doing and what we've been doing this whole month is we've been talking about how many times in life people can brand us with something. They can characterize us with a certain phrase, or they can put a label on us about who we are. And many times it's very restrictive in nature. Lots of times it's very negative. You might have grown up with some negative brands, negative labels that maybe your friends put on you, maybe even family or, or people. And so I want to communicate with you today, it's not what people say we are, it's who God says we are. I said it's who God says we are. And so I want to talk about that, th that today because there's many times that the labels and the brands that are in our past are actually now affecting our future. And if we're not careful, we carry these things long enough and we carry them into our future and affect so many things about our lives because labels and brands are very, very powerful. And the good news today is I'm here to tell you that God can remove those brands. I said God can break those brands. In fact, one of the first messages that I preached in uh, the 1st of January, January, I talked about breaking the branding that is binding, right? And so we may be products of our past, but we are not prisoners of our past. 
And that's the wonderful thing about the grace of God, that he can take our past, he can take our sinfulness and remove that and clear us free, take away the debt and forgive us. And so this morning, it doesn't matter if people have been calling you a failure, if people have been calling you inadequate, if people have been calling you all these different things, God says you're a child, you belong to him, you're a son and daughter of God this morning. And so I want to talk about something really powerful today that I think all of us are going to relate to. In fact, I'm going to get a little heavy today. Is that all right? We're going to get a little heavy this morning because the subject that I'm going to talk about, I think uh, sometimes it resonates some, some feelings and some emotions, but it's something we have to deal with because if we're not careful, we tend to bury it and we te- seem to keep it underneath the surface. And what happens is uh, we'll be surprised how somebody can touch a nerve, what somebody says or somebody does, is because we haven't dealt with it properly this morning. And so I'm going to read the scripture, and I'll tell you what I'm going to talk about here in just a moment, out of Mark chapter 11, verse number 25 of the Word of God. I'm going to read this. It says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him. Oh, that's pretty powerful right there. So that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. So let's just pray before I begin to minister this morning. Father, we thank you today for your grace. We thank you, Lord, for forgiveness. We thank you for love. And Lord, I just pray this morning that you would open our hearts to receive the word of God. And Lord, your word is powerful. Your word relates even in today's time. In 2019, your word is relevant. It's not outdated. It applies to our lives right now where we're at. And, Father, I pray the word of God would minister to every person, remove every distraction, so many things that are pressing on people's minds and upon their hearts this morning, that you'll remove that right now, that heaviness. And, and Lord, I pray today that you would uh, open our hearts and minds to receive. And, Lord, help us to give you our 100% undivided attention. I pray for the anointing of God as I declare your word and let your people hear the voice behind the voice. In Jesus' name, and the people said, amen. Amen. So throughout the New Testament scriptures, we are constantly and consistently reminded or instructed or encouraged to have a spiritual discipline, and that is the spiritual discipline of forgiveness, having to forgive others. Because throughout the scriptures, I believe the reason why God repeatedly instructs us is because he knows that oftentimes we're going to find ourselves in seasons, in situations, in circumstances where we're going to have to do so. You have to learn how to forgive others. And this is an uncomfortable reality because a lot of us this morning, we're not living in reality and you need to embrace reality. Listen to me. We need to live and embrace reality and realize this that we live in an imperfect world with imperfect people who make imperfect decisions. And the consequence of that is that we have to deal with something called pain. Say pain. Pain. We don't like pain. We don't like the pain that other people cause us, but because of people's imperfection, it not only affects them, it affects others and affects us. And the only way you can avoid pain, you want to know how to avoid it? You got to be dead (laughs) and buried. Because as long as you live on this earth, you're going to experience some pain. 
As long as you're alive and breathing, you will experience pain. And so we have to learn how to align our expectation with the word of God because God never promised a world without problems. God never promised a world without pain. God never promised us to, that, you know what, that life is going to go a certain way because what happens is we have this expectation and, and when that expectation fails, what happens? We get frustrated. And so we have a lot of people in, in the world today that are living frustrated because they have a failed expectation. They thought life was going to go a certain way. They thought life was going to be a certain way. And then what happened is they realized that we live in an imperfect world with imperfect people that make imperfect decisions. And it affects us. It affects all of us this morning. And so oftentimes we end up being victims of what? People's imperfections. We end up being victims of somebody's bad decision and it produces pain. Say pain. Pain from people that make promises and break them. From people who said one thing and what? Did another. From people who made a promise and you didn't even pressure them to make the promise. And they made the promise to you with no intention of keeping it. Man, I have to go around this big old thing anyway. <laughs> this is the biggest pulpit I've ever been. <laughs> Forgive me, man. I'm just not used to it. Man, I'm, I feel a little restricted myself. But anyway. We, we, we have people that have made promises who had no intention of making those, keeping those promises to begin with. Had we known that, we would have went elsewhere for help. But these people broke our hearts. They caused pain. And so we live in this frustrated world of people having to make promises and gave us all this expectation and they never intended to keep them pain from people who uh, caused all of this havoc in our lives. So what do we do this morning when people act selfishly? What do we do when people, uh, you know, do things or say things and they don't keep their promises? And no matter how long you've been on earth, if you're above three or four years old, you've been hurt. How many have been hurt? If you haven't been hurt in life, I need to talk to you after service. Find out what you do because uh, I, I'm telling you, as long as you live on this earth, there's going to be some hurt. And usually it comes from like a misunderstanding or a miscommunication with somebody. And something was, you misunderstood something, so it caused a wedge between you and that family or you and that friend. And it's caused that thing for years and years and years to come. Or it could be that you've been hurt by someone who deliberately and intentionally and maliciously betrayed you, did you wrong. You've experienced that in life where somebody did that to you, and it was deliberate. Because how many know oftentimes we can offend people unintentionally? I probably offended people today. I probably didn't shake your hand long enough. I didn't smile long enough. I didn't stop and say hi. You know, people get offended. You'd be surprised. You know, uh, they, they had this expectation, you didn't do it, and, and they leave offended. So we may offend people unintentionally, but other times, uh, people, you've been offended by someone who did it maliciously. And I've noticed through the years in working with people and pastoring people that the odds are pretty high that many of you, if I had x-ray vision, I don't, so don't get scared, okay? But if I had x-ray vision that in front of your heart... There's hurt. That in front of your heart right now, there's some hurt. 
and there's some pain. And so some of us have been so wounded, it's like a fresh wound right now. In fact, when I begin to talk about this, uh, it brings up emotions. Because I'm talking about being branded with unforgiveness. See, we don't forgive, and so what happens is we carry this brand of unforgiveness, and it's not on the surface. It's deep down in our soul. It's deep down in our heart. See, I'm getting heavy already, see? And so when I do this, whenever I bring up having to forgive because you're holding unforgiveness, all kinds of emotions get stirred up. Usually I'll get an email or somebody will inbox me. And they'll say something like, Pastor, you don't know. You have no idea what it's been like. You have no idea how hurt and how much pain these people have caused me. Sometimes you don't even realize that you're carrying it. Sometimes you think you've gotten over it, but as soon as you hear about that person or you bump into them, it stirs all kinds of emotions. Have you ever been in a family gathering with your family and all of a sudden you thought you were over it with that relative and all of a sudden they say something and you just roll your eyes. Oh, brother, there he is. <laughs> and you're thinking, what, what happened? What stirred that up? Because it's right there, that hurt, that unforgiveness. And it, it stirs up that emotion in you and you thought you were over it. You thought it was removed, but you don't realize this morning that it's been branded in you. I talked about the first message. I talked about how even in today's time, they're still branding livestock. Now, a lot of livestock, they put tattoos, they put uh, microchips on them, but they're actually livestock where you, you, you burn, you get a hot iron, and you burn an insignia on that livestock to identify ownership. And so many of us, we have been burned with this hot iron of unforgiveness and that unforgiveness owns you amen so i want to talk about carrying that brand of unforgiveness that gets so deep and again i get a pushback all the time from people that say you just don't know i've been taken advantage of pastor somebody betrayed my innocence Somebody cheated on me. Someone abandoned me. Someone hurt me. Uh, my spouse did me wrong. All these things. And, and uh, you know, and I may not know what you're going through. I'm going to just tell you right now. I may not know. I may not know what's happened to you. But I do know what's happened to me. And I even know what's happened to people close to me. In fact, sometimes it hurts even more when someone close to me gets hurt. I don't know, many times we can get over it we, by the grace of God. But when somebody else gets hurt and gets wounded and betrayed, man, all of a sudden, man, it stirs you up. Like, who, what, where, who, they, where are they at? What, who did what? I know you guys are holy. Nothing like that ever happens. But all of a sudden, you get stirred up like, what? Man, and then you thought you were a Christian. You thought you were all saved. You were praising God's not enough. And you say, boy, I'm getting enough right now. Enough is enough. Hallelujah. And so we want to get back. We want to retaliate on behalf of that person that has hurt us or hurt somebody that we love. And we're, we're surprised many times that we're carrying this brand of unforgiveness. And I want to say to you, I acknowledge the pain. I acknowledge the hurt that's happened in your life. But I want to just say to you that God wants to remove that brand of unforgiveness. 
Maybe with a bad business deal with somebody. Maybe with a close friend that betrayed you. Maybe with a child that you had that rejected you. Maybe it's your spouse that cheated on you. And maybe they cheated on you even before they got married, before they even married you. But you're still carrying this unforgiveness. And so you have this insecurity. You have this sense of rejection in your life. Maybe your spouse cheated on you by looking at pornography. And you're saying, man, I feel so betrayed and so angry. I, I, I'm, I'm really, sometimes I talk to people and they, they have unforgiveness with somebody that's not even alive anymore. They're dead. They're gone. And they're still carrying this unforgiveness or this grudge. And I'll, I'll take it a step further. Some of us, uh, we, we carry this unforgiveness and we're so angry. We're not angry with people. We're angry with God. You feel like God let you down. You feel like God did you wrong. Some of you did so many bad things in your life, you can't even forgive yourself. And so I've been praying this week, what's impossible with man is possible with God. I believe that. I believe God can remove those old brands in our heart. I believe this morning, if there is unforgiveness in your heart, I believe today by the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, by the living word of God, that he'll give you the ability, uh, amen, to overcome uh, and break that brand of unforgiveness in your life. And so I want to talk about a few things in the word of God to kind of give us direction of why we should forgive, because really that's, Really the question, why should I forgive? You, you have this unforgiveness in your life, and you say, why should I forgive in the first place? And so I want to say this to you, if you're taking note, you should forgive or you should get rid of unforgiveness because it hurts you more than it hurts them. You need to get rid of this brand of unforgiveness because it's hurting you or it's hurting me. And look at what the book of Hebrews says, uh, Hebrews 12, 15. It says, see to it that no one misses the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to do what? To cause trouble and defile many. So many of us this morning, we're living with this bitter root of bitterness. It's branded you so much that many times you're completely unaware that you're holding on to this grudge, but it's growing and this bitterness uh, this morning grows deep down inside. You know, you know what the Bible says, love, love keeps no record of wrong. But can I tell you something? Bitterness keeps detailed records of wrong. How many have known that? You ever met a bitter person? You ever had someone be bitter with you? They'll tell you what you were wearing that day. They tell you where you were standing, what what you know, what what the weather was like, the exact words that you said. Wives and husbands are good. You said this. Per batum. Boom, 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 boom. You were standing right in the corner there when you said it. The window was half open and the wind was blowing in. All these different things. They'll tell you exactly. The details of that bitterness or that thing that happened in your life. And if we're not careful, we do that. And sometimes we are so bitter, we said, look at them, look at them, they're walking. They think like, you know, like nothing's wrong, but I know, I know. Yeah, they said this and that, but I really know them. 
And so we, we carry this bitterness in our life, and it affects us. It's like a cancer, and it affects our relationship with God. So who should we forgive, or why should we forgive this morning? I read this, uh, this quote. It says, uh, one reason uh, why uh, we need to get rid of unforgiveness, because unforgiveness is like grabbing broken glass and squeezing it in our hands. It hurts. That unforgiveness is like drinking rat poison, Rat poison and hoping it kills the other person. Well, I'm going to kill you right now. You're just drinking it. It's hurting you more than it's hurting them. You ever notice how unforgiveness, that, that person, they've gone on with their, they moved to another state. They're doing well. And you're like, ooh, I got it unforgiven. You, you think you're hurting. They're not even affected by you. They've done forgotten about it. But you're in your prison of unforgiveness. You're in this prison right here of unforgiveness. Look at what the scripture says. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. Again, over and over in the New Testament, Jesus is talking about forgiveness. And he says, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And then Jesus goes on and he begins to make this point. And if you read the story of the parable of the unforgiving servant, he talks about how there was this one servant that had a debt. He owed his master. And the Bible says he owed him 10,000 talents. And today's revenue, 10,000 talents, if you really studied it, it would be equal to 150 years of wages, which would turn out to be about $2 billion dollars. It was on, you couldn't pay it back. In fact, Jesus makes that point. He had a debt he could not pay. It, he, he was not going to be able to pay it back in no shape or form. And so the Bible said this servant came to his master and he said, please forgive me. He threw himself, man, at, at, at his mercy. He said, please have mercy on me. Forgive me of my debt. And the Bible said the master had mercy, had compassion, and he forgave that servant. Can you imagine being forgiven of about $2 billion? And the scripture says, though, later on, that servant found a fellow servant, if you know the story. And he owed him one talent, which was equal to about one day's wages. And the guy said, can you forgive me? He goes, no way. That's not happening. Dude, you owe me. In fact, you're going to pay every cent of it. I'm putting you in jail until everything's paid off. And he grabbed that servant by the throat. And he said, you're going to jail. And the Bible says that the other servants heard what he did. And they went and told the master. And the master was angry. And if you read the scripture, this is what the master said in Matthew 18, 32. Then the master called the servant, you wicked servant. He said, I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, verse 34, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay all that he owed. So as a result of this unforgiveness, he handed him over to the torturers. And basically this morning, when you hold unforgiveness, you are being tortured inside. Like someone twisting you, man, and wrecking your life. And it's interesting to me how when we look in Scripture, God gives us mercy 
God gives us grace, but how often slow we are to give someone else grace that has wronged us. How quick we are to ask forgiveness, how slow we are to give forgiveness. Man, I'm going to fall over. I need, I need a catcher up here. Amen. So why should I forgive? <laughs> Who do I blame for this? Anyway, let's second. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to have unforgiveness in my life. I better not fall. It's really important, though, that we begin to realize that, that God says that we're to forgive others. Why? Because God forgave us. So number one, we need to get rid of unforgiveness because it hurts us. Number two, it's because we need to be thankful that God's forgiven us, so we need to forgive others. We, have, we, we are recipients of God's grace. We are recipients of God's goodness. We are recipients of God's forgiveness. Shouldn't it be right that we should forgive others? I meet so many Christians. Why should I forgive? Because God forgave you. And so there's a couple of thoughts in Scripture how do we start? Because people always say, well, how do I even begin to forgive other people? How do I even begin to want to forgive other people? Number one, you need to pray for them. Say prayer. prayer. Yeah, pray for them. Don't pray they get hemorrhoids or anything. Don't pray that <laughs> pray they get herpes. I pray that the man lightning comes. No, I'm not talking about that kind of prayer. Because, you know, we go, oh, yeah, I'll pray for them. All right. I got a prayer in mind just right now. I got a perfect prayer. So how do you pray for people that underappreciate you? How do you, pr pr how do you pray for people that are branding you in a dishonoring way? And I believe uh, underappreciation is always a result of somebody that has a, an inaccurate estimation of the value that you bring in the relationship. And so many times people don't appreciate you because they don't have the, the, the right estimation of the value that you bring, and so you're going to be underappreciated. And I'll, I'll just say this to you. Never take it personally because people are imperfect. They'll never have the proper estimation and value of who you are and what you bring. In fact, Jesus, for 33 years of his life on this earth, people underappreciated him. In fact, Jesus made this statement in Mark Chapter 6, most of us may be familiar with it, but he said, he said this. He said, the prophet is not without honor except for in his own home among his own people. So Jesus was making this suggestion to you and I that sometimes you are unappreciated by people who know you best. They underappreciate you the least. Are you with me? Because they know us best, but they under underappreciate it. And the reality is we got to be prepared for what? Pain. Say pain. Pain going to happen in life. Pain of a broken marriage. Pain of a broken promises. Pain of a wayward child. Pain of betrayal. Pain of an uh, unemotional or emotionally unstable parent many times. We experience that pain. And wherever there's the presence of pain, there's a need for healing. Say healing. And I believe the prerequisite of healing, the prerequisite of healing, uh, of healing unforgiveness this morning is we have to begin to reframe what forgiveness is. Because many times we think forgiveness is an emotional thing. Let me, let me tell you what I mean by that. We think forgiveness is emotional. We think, well, I'll forgive them if they deserve forgiveness. They don't deserve forgiveness. 
They're not worthy of forgiveness. It's not an emotional thing. Forgiveness many times is not for the person. Are you ready for this? Many times forgiveness is for you. In fact, I would say forgiveness is for your heart. For your heart not to be poisoned. For your heart not to become bitter. I think of Jesus' example. How many know Jesus was the ultimate example? In fact, whenever you read scripture, let me just give you some guidance. Whenever you read scripture, you are reading instruction. But if you want to know the example of how that scripture is lived out, you look at Jesus. So when the Bible says forgive, that is the instruction. If you want to know how that is lived out, you look at Jesus. He shows you how to forgive. We were singing this song, Holy, You Are So Holy. And there's a scripture that talks about, be ye holy as I am holy. Let me just give you an example. Many times we look at being holy, uh, be ye holy as I am holy, and we begin to form our own regulations of what holiness is. It has nothing to do with Jesus. So we start adding regulation. You can't wear makeup and, you know, if your barn needs painting, paint that barn. Uh, uh, you can't wear pants. You can't wear jewelry. Uh, you can't laugh in church. You can't have fun in church. Uh, you can't clap your hands. That's your own holiness. You made all that up. That's not Jesus. If you want to know what holiness is, you look at the life of Jesus. And many times Jesus is the opposite of our own holiness that we framed. And so many times we have this framework of what forgiveness looks like. And I want you to know, look at the example of what forgiveness is really like in the life of Jesus. Because the Bible says when Jesus was on the cross and creation was mocking the creator, he prayed to heaven or he looked up to heaven. And he said, what did he say? He prayed. He said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Now, it's interesting to me because Jesus is saying forgive them, and he's saying forgive them while they're hurting them right in the act of the offense. Man, talk about putting aside your emotions and living it out as an example. Father, forgive them. He's forgiving people that didn't even request forgiveness. He's forgiving people that are not even asking for forgiveness. See, a lot of times we make that emotional response. I'll forgive them if they come and apologize. No, nobody's apologizing to Jesus. Nobody's asking forgiveness. He's having compassion because he wants to keep his heart right. Are you with me? And so many times this morning, we don't need to, don't wait for the apology. Can I just tell you, if you're waiting for an apology, it's probably never going to happen. I'm just waiting for that person. You're going to just wait till you die. You need to forgive them. You need to release them. You're going to be waiting a long time. Jesus did not wait for these people to repent. He didn't wait for these people to request for it. He forgave them and prayed for them. I believe that is the first step of forgiveness because we don't want it to get in our heart. We don't want it to get into our soul. And I believe this morning, as we forgive this morning, it is motivated because we need to think about our future because, friend, if you don't forgive, it's going to affect you the rest of your life. I'm surprised by how many people carry unforgiveness their whole entire life. Man, they could be on their deathbed and they still have that. It's not, it's not a feeling, well, you know, I, I just don't feel like, no, friend, you need to forgive and let your feelings catch up somewhere down the road. Amen. 
Because you can't wait to the feeling. You got to do what's right. You know what forgiveness means? It means pardon. It means pardon. Have you ever heard where the governor pardons somebody? So you committed the crime. You need to do the time. But I pardon you. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. No, no, don't do it. You guys don't remember Beretta. You remember Beretta, right? Yeah, see, that, there's my friend right there. He remembers Beretta. The rest of you guys, you don't know. You missed it anyway. So what we're saying is I pardon you. You should live a life sentence of my bitterness. You should live a life sentence of my silence. But I pardon you. I let it go. I forgive you. Isn't that powerful? I mean, it's powerful when you think of the word pardon. I release you from the debt that is owed because you don't have the capacity to repay me back. Think about it. People don't have, if they owed you money and a few years later they paid you back and you say, oh, man, you've made it right. Honestly, did they pay it all back? Did they, are they ever going to pay the sleep that you've lost, the stress they put you through, the pain they caused you? They can't pay it all back. You have to be willing to pardon. Say pardon. Pardon that person. You have to be willing to write what they did wrong as bad debt. You have to say, I accept the blood of Jesus as full satisfactory payment for the pain that they caused me. Can you say amen? And I have to reciprocate the forgiveness that I received. And I need to give it back to them because Jesus forgave me. I said, Jesus forgave me. We can't fix what people did wrong to us. You can't, they can't even repair it. Some stuff is just unrepairable. You have to be willing to forgive. Are you listening to me? You got to be willing to let it go. Because a lot of people this morning, they confuse a hard heart. This morning, they, they confuse that hard heart with a healed heart. You're not healed. You're still Basically, let me just say it this way. Just because you're not hurting doesn't mean you're not hurt. And what we've done is we've gotten a hard heart, but you haven't got a healed heart. And when the per person touches the right nerve, the right moment, you see how hard your heart is. You've got to let God penetrate. Remember the Bible said the sower went and he began to sow seeds. Uh, many of us, we got stones in our heart. And that's why the word of God can't get inside and penetrate our soul. And we won't release that person and that's hurt us. We've got to release. We've got to say, I forgive and move on with your life and be able to do that. See, we can hear sermons. We can know it intellectually this morning. But we're not letting it get down deep inside. See, we've got to be willing to let it go. Doesn't mean that you trust them or condone them. It means this morning that they, that you know what, there's no more obligation to you. You pardon them. Pardon. Say pardon. pardon. Think about this, and I'm, I'm going to close here in just a few moments, but think about this. People have sinned against us and offended us, but what about our own imperfections? Now, I know a lot of people this morning, they wrestle with the pain. And the heartache this morning, that's not been inflicted by others, but they wrestle with the pain that they caused themselves. The pain from the womb of wrong decisions that we made. We haven't forgiven ourselves. 
Some of us this morning, you carry unforgiveness against yourself. You can't forgive yourself for some of the things that you did wrong. Some of the violations that you committed against others. And you need to rest assured this morning as God's grace has given you to give others. God gives you enough grace to forgive yourself. I said God gives you enough grace to forgive yourself. And Paul the apostle, if anyone understood how to forgive others and to forgive himself, it was him. You remember Paul was the persecutor of the church. Paul was the one that put Christians in prison. He's the one that came against people's faith. He came against those that followed Christ. In fact, the Bible says he was there when they stoned Stephen, who was the prophet or, or one of the one of the men of God, leading men of God. He stoned. He he was holding the coats of those that were stoning him. In fact, Paul said, "Man, I was the chief of sinners," and so he he lived in some regret. Say regret, but he had to learn how to forgive himself. See, a lot of us this morning, we've got some regret, don't we? We've got some financial regret. You mishandled money in your life, and now you don't have the joy or the peace to be able to do what you want because you mishandled some money in the past. You mismanaged finances, and so you got some regret. Maybe you gotten yourself involved in a wrong deal, or you, in, you overindulge in excessiveness, and now you don't have the freedom, and so you live in regret of mismanaging your money. Or maybe this morning you didn't give people money, but you gave people more. You gave people that you thought you were in love with. You gave them more than your money. You gave them your name. Listen to me. You, you got stuff under your name because you thought you were going to be together with that guy forever. Are you with me? Well, we were in love. And I thought we were going to be together forever and ever. And now that guy don't have enough character. Are you hearing me? To pay any of that back. Because it's under your name. They took your name. Man, you look back and say, man, we were celebrating, uh, what was it, man? The boyfriend and girlfriend anniversary. We weren't even married. Now, if you had that money back, you'd probably be better off now, right? But you, you wasted all your money on those anniversaries. Man, you gave yourself away to someone that you thought was going to be with you the rest of your life, and you live in some regret. You don't regret the relationship, or you don't regret the child, but you regret the relationship. Sometimes the child is the best thing that came out of it. But you have some regret. You have some moral regret. You made some discretions, man, that you, you realize I should have never allowed that in my life. And you look back and you say, man, I, I've got some regret in my life. I've got some things that, man, I look back, I wish I wouldn't have done. I look back and I wish uh, I, I didn't do that. Maybe even career choices, some of those things you could change. But there's some things this morning that, that you made and decisions you made. They're so deep that you live in the prison of your regret. And we keep punishing ourselves from, for something that you can't go back and fix. You're punishing yourself right now for some inconsistencies in your life. And you say, man, I wish I could go back and fix them this morning. I wish I could go back and change them. And I want to just tell you right now uh, that God forgives you. Stop punishing yourself. Uh, God has forgiven you this morning. 
See, sometimes we have an inaccurate uh, uh, belief of what, the, uh, what Jesus did on the cross. I want you to know what Jesus did on the cross is enough. The shed blood of Jesus is enough to forgive you of all of your debt and all of your sins. Paul the Apostle, man, I, I love the way he put this because he's talking about how, uh, you know, I did this, I did that. He goes, and I want to know Jesus. Uh, man, uh, I, I, I want to know the fellowship of his suffering. I want to know his heart uh, and all of this. And he says, man, I haven't obtained it yet, but I'm pressing forward. And he says this uh, in Philippians 3.13. Brothers, I do not count myself to have obtained it. He said, but this one thing, did you hear this? This one thing that I do, one thing, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Now, he, he doesn't say we don't remember it. Okay, when he says forgetting, he's not saying we don't remember. How many know we need to remember so we won't repeat it? Am I right? Got to remember. But he's saying uh, he's releasing it. Basically, he's saying, I, I, I'm releasing it. I'm letting it go so it'll let me go. And so a lot of times this morning, we need to let it go so it can let us go this morning. We're saying, I'm not going to punish myself. Paul says, I'm not punishing myself for what I've done. I'm pressing forward to what God has ahead. I'm not living in the old brand. God, I'm a brand new person in Christ, and I'm pressing toward next day. I'm pressing toward tomorrow. You'll never get to you tomorrow if you're still living in yesterday. And Paul the Apostle was really telling us this morning, you know what? I'm not going to live in the past. And I look around this room this morning, and I know there's a lot of people here. You've done a lot of things in your life, but thank God for the grace. Thank God for his forgiveness. Stop punishing yourself. See, when I think of the forgiveness of God, the drama team would just be ready here for just a moment. If I can think of the forgiveness of God, and I think of what God has done for me, how can I have unforgiveness against other people when God has had so much forgiveness for me? Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.